Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We're now joined by Mark Daniels, UCF Hall of Famer, by the way, inducted now and voice of UCF Athletics. And Mark, thank you so much for your time. What was that scene like at the Bounce House on Saturday? Well, look, it was a great, uh, you know, it was a great day for a lot of reasons. Obviously, the outcome of the way the game had gone, you know, beating a ranked team, uh, space uh, a game for UCF, which is pretty special around here, um, and then uh, you know, celebration on uh, what was a tough day weather-wise. I mean, fans sat through a torrential downpour in the second quarter, and uh, you know, a feel-good moment in a season that uh, started off really well and uh, you know had a had a bump midway and maybe it's turning on the upswing. Uh, right now, but it was a, uh, it was a football game where things that had gone against UCF during the stretch of these Big 12 games, where you're turning the ball over, you're not converting the big third down, you're missing a tackle, all goes the other way, and some of those things began to fall into favor for UCF. They capitalized on Oklahoma State turnovers, and then had some great performances, obviously by R.J. Harvey, John Lights Plumley, and the defense played the best game of the season. So all those things together led to what became a very lopsided football game. Mark, how much of this is, I mean, sometimes a, a unit can get like so kicked in in that their their pride is challenged and all these things that in the moment where it, you it, you feel like, okay, this is the worst matchup for them because Ollie Gordon has been running through people like tissue paper and this has just not been a good thing. Did it just come down to, you know what, not today. And and they just had that, that moment where it said, I don't care what happens after you know, these 60 minutes, but today we're going to go get Ollie Gordon. I think it's some of that. I think it's also UCF made some defensive adjustments. Look, teams that run the ball successful in UCF are pretty big numbers, and they were successful running outside the tackles. UCF, I think, made some adjustments to kind of avoid that where it wasn't, you know, as open for guys to run. But then a couple of other things happen, guys. UCF takes the ball, scores up 7 nothing. Oklahoma State has moved the ball down the field, being a little bit past first on that drive. Then Ali Gordon gets stripped, and UCF recovers, and they scored 14 nothing. Now the games change a little bit. I'm not saying Oklahoma State abandoned their efforts to run, but it was a case I think UCF was more like, okay, let's see if they're going to beat us throwing the football. And they had some passes against a, a, a zone that opened up. But Ollie Gordon got himself stuffed a few times. I think he got frustrated a little bit. And then maybe the emotion of, hey, this is now starting to click. Um, and then I think they benefited, obviously, from the turnovers. Look, a key moment, it's 24 nothing. 
uh, start of the third quarter, Oklahoma State drives down, opted to kick a field goal instead of maybe going for a touchdown. And then they get a hit, fumble, and they recover. And I'm sure Mike Gundy's thinking, hey, we score here, it's 24-10. They got a psychological begin to think about, for example, a Baylor football game. Well, tip ball interception. And then R.J. Harvey goes 92 yards, and that's just kind of how the day went for UCF. But I do think there's something to the snowball where your defense begins to gain some confidence, some guys begin to realize, hey, we can do this. And then you have some success on doing stuff, and some you know guys step up and make big plays. And I think UCF hopes that's the case now as they move forward in these final two games of the regular season, trying to get at least one more win to be bowl eligible. R.J. Harvey's had a lot of nice rushing performances, but what is it about these last five, six weeks in particular? I mean, he flirted with 100 yards throughout the first half of the season, but he's on a tear right now, 133, 101, 100, 164, 206. Uh, Just everything kind of gelling offensively, is that the case? Yeah, I haven't had a guy like that since Kevin Smith uh, was doing it for 2,000 years ago. Um, And uh, the thing about R.J., again, he's a great story. I think we discussed before, he's a high school legend quarterback here. Uh, went to Virginia, transferred to UCF, was going to be the starting quarterback a couple of years ago, blows out his knee, isn't even sure he's going to play football, battles to get his way back in the mix uh, last year, and uh, this year has just taken it to a different level. He's strong, physical guy. I, I, you know, I say sometimes in a broadcast, some of his best runs are just getting back to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what stood out the last several weeks, patience. You know, UCF has moved a lot of bodies around the offensive line. We started our fourth different player at center uh, on Saturday, but it's patience of allowing a hole to open, and then selling taking Mangina, and then a cut here and a cut there. And uh, he's just been uh, an absolute game-changer for UCF. Tremendous confidence. He's eighth in the country now in rushing in a conference that's so good with running backs. And UCF's going to see one, you know, Texas, Texas week. But he's an easy guy to root for. Um, the 92-yard run, he showed an extra gear that I think surprised some people as he was, you know, breaking free and, and, and the final 40 yards. So, He's been a confident guy, but I think his patience has really stood out. Plus, the other thing, guys, the last couple of weeks, it's a healthier John Rice Plumley. Now the passing game is, a, a you know, now you got to take into account for that. And I think that's helped uh, RJ as well. How much do you feel like the experience of this first year? There have been uh, the ups and the downs, but obviously what that was was unbelievable what they accomplished. How much now does Gus fill what they need, knowing what they now need, the attrition and the long schedule of the Big 12? You can read about it. Uh, oh. You can have people project what's going to happen, yep. but you got to go play it, guys. And I think UCF has seen firsthand about areas that they know that they've got to continue to recruit, com- you know, combination of the portal, combination of high school. And right now, Gus is in a position to have a top 30 class. Um, it, it would be the highest rated class ever for UCF, but I think they've experienced now the quality of offensive lines that they've gone up against, defensive uh, 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 lines in depth, the size of safeties that you're seeing guys that are 6'2", 220, and things like that. So now I've experienced it, but I think in a sense, look, your record's what it is. I mean, you said 5-5, five and five, or 2-5 and five in the conference, but I think, and everybody can play this game, the one game that UCF was in, that was the Kansas football game. They got blown out. You can't sugarcoat that. Kansas State, uh, with the ball fourth quarter down by one score. Uh, you make a mistake here on the road, they win. The Oklahoma game, you're right in the football game, obviously, there. The Baylor game, you guys know what happened uh, there. The West Virginia game, you've got the ball late third quarter, down three with momentum. They get a blindside hit, fumble, and score right afterwards. So you've been in really every Big 12 game except the Kansas football game, and yet the difference of what you're seeing may be deeper defensive line, bigger offensive line, 
more experience in certain areas. So I think it's not that you feel good about where the record's at, but I think Gus and his staff say, okay, we got an idea now where we've got to continue to upgrade and, and, and get more depth in order to compete in this league. But I think they also feel like, look, we've been in most of these games. And as you guys know far better than UCF does, so many Big 12 games come down to a possession or a few plays here or there, the difference of having a really good season versus not having a good season. So I think it's been a great learning experience to figure out where you are and where you've got to go. But at the same time, I don't think UCF feels like, man, this is a five-year building project. Yeah, I don't think with that recruiting hotbed that they have, too, in Florida, that they, they should worry about that either. Like, that you can, you know, um, you can – get some guys to come in there uh, pretty quickly and, and maybe solve some deficient areas. Mark, what do you, do you think that they might, I mean, I don't think they're going to like, I'm not saying change coordinators, but like bend some things a little bit schematically to change who they're going to see most of the time based on who they saw most of the time in the AAC. Well, I think you get a better idea about the, the, the styles and philosophies of the team you play. Again, you could read about it. You can talk to coaches that have played against, but then you got to go, play these games to get an idea and look I'm a big believer you become who your competition is and, 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 and I mean it doesn't mean you're stuck in the middle of pack but you know when Yusef goes to the American those teams become who you're competing against you uh, measure your talent versus them and that's what the league is it develops a personality the big 12 as you guys know for years hey we're just going to fling it up and down and all of a sudden people began to play defense you find some great running backs so I don't think it's wholesale changes as far as a philosophy standpoint I think it's a case of we've got to just get some depth in areas, continue to recruit high-level players. And as you said, in the state of Florida, that's something that UCF will have an opportunity to do. But I think I, I don't think Gus has changed his vision of what he wants to build. I just think they have a better idea seeing it firsthand. Like, okay, you know, maybe we thought we needed two or three at this position. Maybe we need three or four and things like that. Because you can find quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers to play in this system uh, and so forth. But do you have the quality and depth at linebacker and at safety? And, you know, if somebody goes down to your defensive line, do you feel like you've got that kind of depth? And I think you said is learning about this league that you've got to be able to have that sustained depth in case you lose somebody. So, again, I don't think it's a change of philosophy. I think it's, hey, we're, we're, we're growing. We know where we want to go. Let's keep adding pieces to it. Mark, at 5-5 five and five now, two cracks to get bowl eligible. Uh, just given the five-game slide there in the middle of the season, how huge, and, and the first year in the Big 12, how big would that be to get bowl eligible, first of all? And, and just thoughts on, you know, heading to Lubbock uh, for the first time coming up this weekend and, and that being the first of these two cracks at it. Yeah, look, it'd be fantastic. And, and, and again, I always believe that seasons are jerks. You know, if you tell somebody a record, um, it doesn't tell the story until I tell you where you were and how you got there. Um, and I think for UCF, you get off to a good start. You, know, you win a good game at Boise, and you kind of think, how, gee, how good may they be? And, you know, they've had an up-and-down season. And they experienced a five-game losing streak. Gus had never experienced that. There's not a single player in UCF's team that ever experienced that, uh, you know, in, in, in their time. Um, and then you fight hard against a rival in Cincinnati. You win a game there. You feel better about yourself than you have a game like you did against Oklahoma State. And now you're like, wait a minute, okay, maybe we are – who we thought we were going into the beginning of the season. But the answer to your question is it would be fantastic. They've got a chance to go on the road here against a Texas Tech team that also wants to be bowl eligible. They've got Texas coming up the next week. You can imagine they know how important it is to try to get a home win. Uh, a very good running back there. Two head coaches that know each other quite well. Obviously, Gus was an incredibly successful high school coach in Arkansas. Well, Coach McGuire um, in, in Texas. 
Gus mentioned in his press conference yesterday, he recruited players from uh, a coach's uh, uh, high school. Um, I think he said his stepmom worked at the school. So there's some familiarity, their respect. And, uh, you know, I think UCF fans know about the history of going to uh, Lubbock as far as the great crowd support. Um, I think it's going to be exciting. Look, I say this, guys, and I hope fans that have come to UCF, I have loved our journey through the Big 12. I, You know, um, like we talked about what kind of year you anticipated on the field. I look forward to going to some of the new places, and the fans have been nothing but incredible uh, in all the places we've gone to. We've heard about the hospitality in Lubbock. I think we look forward to that. And I think fans such as Baylor fans that came to Orlando, West Virginia fans, Oklahoma State fans, I, you know, I, I hope they've experienced a good time as well. So we're excited about it. I think UCF's got this new sense of confidence that, hey, um, things that we know we can do well, we've got to do. They know they've got a tough matchup against the, another team in the same situation trying to get a six win. So I think it's the makings of a really good football game. And UCF would love to go on the road, get a win, and come home, play Houston, and try to keep that thing going. And, you know, again, you got to earn it. But if, if somehow you win at Lubbock, you come home and you beat Houston, mm. and you're 7-5 and five and you go to bowl game, and if you can win that, then you go from, you know, five-game losing streak to a five-game winning streak into an offseason where you feel really good about yourself. Mark, we're also glad you're a part of the Big 12. You've been one of the great guys that we've gotten to know, along with other voices of programs and other coaches. Thank you very much. Congrats on a great win, and uh, good luck in Lubbock. Thank you for your time, and, and congratulations again on the actual induction into the Hall of Fame. You're the, you're the best. Appreciate it. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.